Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Nobody likes a lawyer until they need one. That's what we lawyers say anyway. And clearly that is the truth even in Jesus' time. In this gospel story, however, the lawyer is not what we would think of as a lawyer. This is not a professional business person entering a courtroom to argue the nuances of civil or criminal law. This lawyer is an expert in Jewish law. Jewish law started with the Ten Commandments and expanded to 613 or so laws by the 3rd century. The law was important. The Jews agreed to uphold the law when they made the covenant with God in Exodus. Most Jews would tell you the Jewish law is not kept in order to gain salvation. In fact, most Jews I've talked to aren't really all that concerned with salvation. The Jewish law is kept because Jews are God's people. And the Jewish laws are what you do when you are God's people. The laws help you walk the right path with God. The laws are what make a Jew a Jew. So, of course, lawyers, scholars of the law, rose up because the people needed help holding the law. This lawyer, a legal expert from among the Pharisees, is asking Jesus a question in an attempt to entrap him. This is yet another way the religious leaders are attempting to show that Jesus is blasphemous or a hypocrite or a traitor. So the lawyer, following the first rule of questioning a witness, never ask a question you don't already know the answer to, asks Jesus a question with only one correct answer. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus knows where the lawyer is going with this one. This is a question with a right answer in Judaism. And Jesus answers correctly. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. But then, Jesus throws the lawyer a curveball and keeps talking, which is never a good thing on cross-examination. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus is pointing to something specific among the Pharisees, but also to something that transcends time and place. At this time, the Pharisees had a problem common in any legal system, how to balance the letter of the law with the spirit of the law. The letter of the law is easy enough. What does the law state? And this is where the Pharisees were focusing all of their attention. The Pharisees at this time were so focused on the letter of the law, especially as concerning the purity laws, that it was actively hurting God's own people. This is the stuff we get bogged down in in Christianity. The more we learn about the Bible or liturgy, the more laws, rules, and regulations we seem to have to hold. We start fighting about the right way to be a Christian. Can women wear pants? Should I tithe on my net or my gross income? Is using a wood chalice instead of one composed of two precious metals an abomination unto the Lord? 
Christianity can very quickly start sounding like IRS regulations. But Jesus doesn't seem to have concern for the letter of the law. He heals on the Sabbath. He eats with the unclean. He fails to stone the adulterous woman. Jesus may have been a good Jew, but he would have made a terrible Pharisee. Jesus didn't care about the precise wording of all 613 laws and all of the sacred conversations fighting about these laws had by rabbis all over the place since that time. Instead, he points out that all of those laws and all of the words of the prophets, the defenders of justice, could be summed up in two commandments, love God, love people. And he also points out something else that the Pharisees seem to miss. These commandments cannot be considered without each other. Loving God means loving his people. Period. Full stop. It wasn't that Jesus was completely unconcerned with the law. It was just that Jesus was more concerned with the spirit of the law. What was in the heart of God who gave the law? What kind of thought was behind the law? What was the law designed to do? A great temptation in our religious life is to follow the letter of the law and still not follow the spirit of the law. We fracture the church because we feel another group of people are not proper Christians. We give only because we feel obligated. We ignore the log in our own eye and call out the speck in the eye of another to make ourselves feel better. We attend church only occasionally because we feel like God might be keeping track of attendance, but our heart isn't present. This obsessive observance of the letter of the law without correct motivation misses the point. Jesus is not a lawyer. Jesus doesn't care if we do everything technically correct, if love is not our motivating force. Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites time and time again, not because they were technically wrong. The Pharisees did their best to follow every single one of the laws. They did everything exactly right, but they did it for the wrong reasons, for pride rather than out of love for God and love for his people. Now, Jesus summarizes all of the law and the prophets in two commandments, love God, love people. We can look at these two commandments and go, really? Is it that simple? But just because something is simple does not mean it is easy. In fact, these commandments are quite hard. We are seeing a growth in fundamentalism in this world. Fundamentalism is the strict, rigid adherence to the basic tenets of a religion or groupings of beliefs. We can see this across religious contexts, in the politics of most nations, and in our own backyard. And there is a reason why fundamentalism is flourishing. Honestly, it's just easier. It is easier to have someone tell you what to do, for you to check all of the right boxes and be assured you are going to be rewarded in this life or the next. It is easier to be able to say, I can do this list of things and be right or good or worthy. It is easier to not have to struggle with morality or ethics or one's own conscience. Here's the right answers, and I just have to regurgitate them on the test. <laughs> 
But Christianity is not a religion of easy answers. Jesus could have easily come down, reinforced the laws that were good, fixed the laws that were bad, died for our sins, and solved all our moral and ethical dilemmas right there. But Jesus didn't do that. If anything, he provided us more questions, more struggles. By telling us all the laws and the prophets hung on two commandments, Jesus gave us the challenge to examine our actions, to ask why we do the things we do, and to reject anything that we do out of a place that's not love for God and God's people. And in that way, Jesus was a good lawyer. Jesus did not provide an easy answer. Jesus did not show the law as being black and white. Jesus exposed the gray. He makes us question our motives. He makes us question the law. He shows us that the application of the law is dependent on context or nuance. 2,000 years later, Jesus is still helping us focus on what is important and how we live our lives. Our journey is not about fulfilling all righteousness in order to earn our way into heaven. Jesus has already paid that price. And our mission on this earth is not about telling others the right way to be Christians. Instead, our focus as Christians here on this earth is about one thing. Love. Love God. Love people. Amen. Amen.